0: Welcome to Simulator Review, helping you find quality flight simulation with the world's most comprehensive listings and reviews of simulators. warm welcome to this episode of our podcast for the flight simulation community. My name's Alexis and in this episode as always I'm joined by my two colleagues from Simulator Review, Andrew and Elliot. Welcome back to the increasing numbers of regular listeners of our podcast. We're pleased to have you back. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we are pleased you found us. You're certainly in the right place for the top podcast on simulator venues and getting the most from your simulator experiences. We hope you stick with us and And we do recommend episodes one and two for a great introduction to us and our website, SimulatorReview.com. This episode is the second part of a series of two episodes looking at preparing for a simulator session. The first part was in episode 17, where we talked about preparing from the point of view of a novice or a beginner. And in this episode, we will look at the same question from the point of view of someone who is more advanced. In our discussion, we will cover how you prepare beforehand and some tips about how to get the most from your session on the day from the point of view of somebody who is more experienced. Before we get into our discussion, it's time once again for our regular simulator news update, where we talk about news at simulatorreview.com and in the wider simulator community. And we go over to Elliot for this. So, Elliot, what have you got for some news this week?
1: Thanks, Alexis. Now, a few podcasts ago, we probably mentioned about our blue pin additions and that we're starting to add some video content to our reviews. And we said that we'd been back up to Simulator Adventures and 737 Pro. I'm pleased to announce these are now live on the website. So if uh, you check out 737 Pro in Blackpool and Simulator Adventures in Manchester, they're two of our favorite venues. And uh, we've put four videos for each venue up uh, on the website and you can also find these on our youtube channel so be sure to check those out leave a comment let us know uh, what you think of the videos anything you'd like to see and also if you're a venue or you visit a venue and you'd like us to go there send us a message and we'll see if we can do the same for there Uh, So what you can expect at each venue is we'll do a little promo and you'll find that at the top of the page. And then we'll do more of a feature length video combining all the elements of uh, some simulator flying, a chat with the owners and the managers and also a walkthrough of the venue. So somebody who's there to pick a venue can go onto one of our blue pins and they'll be well briefed and know what to expect when they get there. And hopefully it will allow you to make a better choice for your simulator venue. And we're also going to push uh, these videos a little bit on social media, Alexis.
0: Yes, as we're now live, we will be putting these out onto our social media accounts, so onto Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, fairly soon, and uh, showing people what we've done. So, as you say, we've started off doing these at some of the venues we've already reviewed. So, gone back and done some updates for 737 Pro and Sim adventures, and recorded these videos. And I think the plan is. As we uh, are allowed to go back to venues, we'll start doing them for any new reviews straight away as well as uh, updating the existing ones we've already got. So I think it really adds a nice string to our bow in terms of bits that we can put in the review. So not only can we talk about on the podcast what they're like, we can write about what they're like, we can take photos. But now we're going to have some videos so people can really see what it's like. And as you say, the walkthrough is a great one because... Uh, we can obviously talk about what we think the venue is like, but seeing a walkthrough of the venue going from entering the door right up to the, into the sim uh, really gives you a good perspective of what that venue is like.
1: Yeah, thanks, Alexis. And uh, as we said earlier, just we're really keen to know what you think. So drop us a comment either on one of the social media channels or head over to the page uh, on our website and let us know what you think. If you'd like to see more of them, if it's not your cup of tea, let us know.
0: And I think talking about interaction with the website, we're uh, now pleased to see we're starting to get some interaction with our readers and listeners on the SimReview venue pages now. So we've had some comments from people about venues they've been to, I think. Is that right?
1: yeah that's something we're really keen to uh, promote I mean you everyone can go on a website such as TripAdvisor and have a look, but we're really trying to target simulator enthusiasts, and we want people to make properly informed decisions and It's very good to have in mine in your opinion, Alexis and Andrews for visiting these venues but what would be great is people who regularly go or you've been to visit one head over to that page on our site drop us a comment uh, and let us know what you thought and similarly owners of these simulators get in touch with us drop a comment uh, on the page or uh, send us an email and we'll try and include it all so yeah we really want to encourage a little bit of two-way interaction and hopefully those of you listen to the podcasts uh, be able to help us out with that
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of the uh, owners, as you said, we obviously go and see a sim at one point in time and see what it's like. Um, As we know that quite a few of them like Simulator Adventures and 737 Pro, we went to have done some updates since we first went over a year ago and we've been to see some of those. So if you've done some updates to your venue since we've uh, done a review or uh, since we have put some information up, you know, let us know and uh, we will... Endeavour to put that on and update the review because we want that to be as up to date as possible. So, Elliot, is there anything else that you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah, just perhaps a little teaser, actually. We've got a tie up in the pipeline with a a local venue to us. And hopefully on social media, you'll start seeing a little few challenges and a few teasers, video wise, a few pictures. So hopefully social media activity for simulator review is going to increase quite considerably in the next few months. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that.
0: Right, thank you very much, Elliot, for the Sim News this week. We look forward to another update in two weeks' time on the next podcast. You're welcome. In this episode, the main topic of discussion is about preparing for a simulator session. This discussion follows on from the one in episode 17, where we talked about preparing from the point of view of a beginner. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the same, but looking from the point of view of a more advanced Sim venue visitor. Is there anything you can do beforehand to prepare and what kinds of things should you think about doing on the day? Hopefully we can help answer some of your questions and give out some tips which will help you get the most from your session. As this is a topic where myself and Elliot will mostly be giving the answers, we need someone to take up the podcast left-hand seat to lead a discussion. And Andrew is back to take on the role and get some more podcast command hours under his belt. So it's a pleasure to have you back, Andrew, and taking the role as host of the topic discussion.
2: It's nice to be back in the left seat. I notice you've uh, changed the seat cover. It's a nice merino New Zealand wool there, so well done, mate. Yeah, so we're looking at uh, today's advanced side of things, and one of the things we picked up from last time was the preparation at home. And I think, Elliot, you were a big driver of this, particularly how you can benefit from just a little bit of prep time at home. So what were some of the Main things we picked up from last time that you just wanted to reiterate on that or is anything more particularly for the advanced users
1: uh, you're absolutely right, Andrew. We are advocating everything we said in the beginners being good sound advice for whatever level you're at uh, when you attend a simulator. However, we would expect or we would suggest that uh, this is a little bit more enhanced and focused uh, for when somebody is more of an advanced level. They could really, really, really do a few things to get the most out of their time and money. And we're assuming these people are regular visitors and uh, they have invested quite a bit of time and money into these sim sessions. So we would say someone that's more advanced would be someone with, say, five to 10 visits or more and a really quite avid keen interest in uh, flight Airlines, aviation, airports, simulation, etc. So this is a definitely a more focused and a more advanced um, application and uh, advice that we're giving here.
2: I, I guess it really is coming down to uh, taking more of an ownership role or lead role in your sim session. So, sort of when you're starting out, you don't have the knowledge or, or skill set to do that. But as you build that experience, it's going right. If I particularly want to develop as a, you know, as a virtual pilot. Uh, you need to know some areas you're going to be really good at and some areas you're going to be a bit rubbish at. And uh, often you find the areas you're rubbish at, the ones you don't really enjoy doing. So uh, that would be one area you'd probably want to, people to pick up on. That's that's absolutely right. It, taking ownership is
1: is a fantastic phrase and that'll allow you to get the most uh, out of your session. Now, a lot of the things that we would suggest and say here would be for, it just can naturally to practice, people who fit into this bracket Uh, so just to put some meat on the bones there uh, say you're more familiar you visited a 737 simulator uh, for the most part and you've booked a a320 sim probably a good idea to watch some videos from the flight deck of how a320s fly the airbus terminology and phrases subtly different as uh, we've covered in previous podcasts And it sounds silly saying that because I know the kind of people who fit into this bracket will have done that anyway. And that uh, that comes as a little bit of common sense. But that's definitely a a top recommendation. And we said before, for the novice, contact the venue beforehand. I mean, fantastic suggestion. I know Alexis will cover that uh, a little bit more um, later on. But by doing that, you can let them know your experience. Um, maybe you've got a PPL, maybe you've got a a few hours on the simulator, perhaps you want to have a go on things like VATSIM or a particular airport, Um, by taking ownership and by contacting them, uh, they'll be able to tailor that session for you. And I would hazard a guess, make it a lot easier uh, for the instructor. They can prepare themselves uh, appropriately for their customer that's coming in.
2: And uh, no, it may sound a bit silly, but certainly in, in the real world for uh, airline pilots, uh, commercial pilots, it's that at home, yes, guys do fly the armchair, yeah, particularly in preparation for SIM checks and stuff. And, okay, we're not at that level, that sort of examination, but you just knowing what you're going to be doing at certain times, where the buttons are and all that, particularly if you're not so familiar, say, going from the Boeing to Airbus, really pays dividends in the simulator itself. And these things aren't cheap. And if you make most bang for buck just by a bit of uh, armchair time at home, it really pays off.
1: Yeah. The phrase we use is capacity, isn't it? In the capacity bucket. So that's uh, how sort of mentally challenged you are at a certain point. So say you're on the takeoff roll in an A320, but you're used to a 737. But you know when the calls are going to come. You know the actions on the side stick. What that would do is uh, free up your mind and, you know capacity uh, give you some space in your capacity bucket to absorb other things that may be going on around you that you weren't expecting or that are new to you so uh
2: so by doing a
1: little bit of prep at home you're just going to build your capacity for uh for being in the simulator
2: mm, yeah nice it's the, the those automated uh actions and uh, rt and that type of thing yeah really does make a difference. Uh, Alexis, we should probably bring it at some point. Uh, Alexis, anything from the sort of user point of view that uh, at home things you have done or uh, guys you've spoken with?
0: Yeah, so as Elliot said, this is going to be probably somebody who's going to be a bit more advanced, been to venues before, probably has a SIM on their home PC, um, and familiar with uh, quite a few things and the tools that uh, are out there and available. So, I, I mean, the main things that probably be used to using our things like Navigraph for charts uh, which we expect you may well use you know a beginner probably wouldn't be looking at charts obviously uh, which is what we talked about in 17, episode 17 but an uh, advanced user would be and also SimBrief which is a great online tool for creating flight plans and uh, that's a tool I've used for a number of years now so there's those things they can use but also it's it's thinking at home about what you want to do so i think it's great if you can come up with a couple of ideas of things you may want to try that you can't try at home things that you would like to perhaps try that you don't fully understand perhaps for some reason you're struggling to understand how to fly a a vor approach and you just can't understand from the videos you've seen and online you know how to do it properly in, in an aircraft great thing to go there say to instruct says what do you want to do I've got all this experience at aircraft but I can't do it you know I want to try this and for you to, sh- to really go through it with me so I understand it so that's another great idea to do have a think about things like that and uh, have a th- just have a think about you know what you want to do and there's all sorts of ranges and things we've mentioned in our article of things you can try so uh, we've put some ideas of fun approaches that you can try those are always great to do. Try and do things where you do go work through failures. You know, perhaps you've never sat and worked uh, through failure with a QRH and a, and a co-pilot. You know, so the instructor can as your co-pilot. These are all things you can try and do. And I think these are kind of the things we think maybe an advanced SIM visitor would probably would want to do.
1: And it's worth adding in that... Um what you've mentioned there Alexis is on the article uh, on our website so you may be listening to that think oh what was that uh, app called or what was that chart called again do do head over to the site and have a look at the article it gives you those suggested approaches and those tools that Alexis was talking about.
2: Um, we, we've talked about things we can sort of think about but and do in a session but you know, advanced users, you know, maybe sort of planning you know, two or three or five sessions in a row over the next few months. How does? What's your advice on someone to sit down? Is is there a website or is there someone go? Someone can sort of work through a plan, a bit like going through a tight raging or a, you know, flying program. Is there someone somewhere someone can go to think? Actually, this is sort of steps I can work through, or, or measure their performance and how they're tracking. Uh, Alexis, anything you've used or others?
0: I haven't found anything which ties all that in together as you say I think what we've seen some venues start to do is to do those kind of things themselves to offer things like virtual type ratings over a number of sessions where you can effectively you pay for I don't know 10 hours worth of sessions and it's not just the time it's the structure of a course they will give you to give you a virtual type rating at the end so they will take the stages of doing a couple of different things on the aircraft familiarization with systems You know, how to program the CDU, how to deal with failures, how to prepare and brief for a a landing. So there are things that are out there which you can get from the venues themselves. And by all means, ask about these things when you go. So I think one of the things I was going to mention as well is, you know, if you're going to a venue a few times, ask about things like discounts if you're buying a number of sessions. Ask about things like virtual type ratings. I think the venues we've seen that we rate highly for the quality of the sim generally offer these things as well because they're really interested in helping you develop as well as just providing an hour's worth of fun on a simulator for a beginner.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some really good programs out there now that, uh, you know, those venues are sort of thinking about this for the more advanced user. You can see they've put thought into the, you know, putting something together that, okay, not only adds their bottom line, but overall provides a greater value to someone who's really wanting to develop you know, to uh, a high level of flying.
0: And there are some really good tutorials out there for advanced level users on specific topics. So there are things that are there, just not in a kind of a full course kind of structure. So I think some of the things in terms of YouTube that I would mention, Flight Deck to Sim is a great YouTube channel, which is done by a current 737 captain. And he does specific tutorials on certain subjects. So um, similarly for the Airbus, there's uh, A320 sim pilot. Uh, another recent uh, addition to YouTube has really done a lot of tutorial videos as well about how certain things work in the Airbus, which I think he's more familiar with. So there are
2: things that are out there. So we've spoken about sort of things we can sort of plan and things we can do. Now, there might be someone out there thinking there might be a little hesitant going along to a sim venue and going, OK, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do and so forth. Alexis, from your experience, how open are the sim providers normally to you coming along, going, "This is the sort of thing I want to plan for"? Generally, I think normally they're very good at accommodating that.
0: So I think normally, regardless of what level you are, you know, the instructor when they meet you on the day will normally ask, you know, what your level of experience is and what it is you want to do. If you've got a few ideas, you know, either as we said before, if you can talk to them before and, and just say what you're thinking. Or if you go with the kind of a, a couple of ideas, they will normally try and accommodate that.
2: Mm. Uh, Elliot, you're sort of from the other side uh, of the uh, of the divide there, from the instructor point of view. You've dealt right from the beginner right up to quite advanced STEM users. How have you found people who have either no idea what they want to do, or those who have come along better prepared, easier to deal with, or more difficult to deal with? Uh, Each has its uh, unique challenges.
1: So we we do spend the first, you know, first few minutes when you meet somebody and uh, in the briefing, you're you're sizing up what's in front of you. And it's very much for somebody to get the most out of a session. It's got to be pitched correctly at the level uh, your customer uh, is at. There's no point going in talking about flight directors, ILSs, uh, green hydraulic systems if you're a complete novice. Um, if they're a lot more advanced, then that sort of systems information or slightly more advanced phases of flight and procedures uh, would be more appropriate. So we always go along to a session with a, a basic plan and we've, we've got a few cards in the deck that we can pull out uh, when somebody uh, we realize what level they're at and we've got st- separate sessions that we can then apply at reasonably short notice um, to make it a good session for them. But if somebody let you know in advance what they want or at least turns up and tells you uh, what they want, I do, do remember someone quite close to home coming into a 747 sim with me and uh, rattling off a list of, right, I want to approach into Funchal, I want to do an engine failure, want to do an emergency descent. And, you know, for the instructor, it's quite a lot to take in at once, but uh, at least you know what you're dealing with and uh, you do your very best to work it into a session.
2: In the previous uh, recording, we looked at the sort of beginner level. We spent a little bit of time talking about the length of session and what you can expect to cover at the advanced stage. Ali, actually, do you want to just do a quick recap, perhaps sort of the, the longer length uh, uh, sessions in an hour, a couple of hours that advanced user would be expecting uh, to cover?
1: Yeah. Um, so in a session that I typically did, you would often have more than one participant. But uh, let's, let's, let's take it as an individual has purchased uh, approximately two hours uh, in a simulator. We covered sort of what a one-hour session would do in the novice one, but more advanced, the one-hour, uh, sorry, a two-hour session would be approximately an hour or so of general handling, getting a feel, getting back into the sim. So some takeoffs, some landings, a little bit of general handling, climbing turns, descending turns, etc. And then that would leave the second hour for something a little more airline-y, shall we say. And that final hour, you could probably achieve a, a 30, 35-minute flight in that time. So that's that doesn't sound like uh, you'll be flying for the whole time, but a lot of that um, is set up. On the gate, programming FMCs, uh, tuning everything you need to do radio wise, and then taxing out, taxing in, parking, shutting down. So a 30, 35 minute flight will be tight, but it is achievable. And uh, for those of you who don't fly as much, uh, 30, 35 minutes would be London to Manchester, New York, uh, to, down to Washington, D.C. or up to Boston. Or one of my favourites when I was on long haul was the Bahrain Doha run. That, that's the approximate uh, distance or sort of flight duration that you're looking at.
2: It, it is uh, perhaps surprising to some how much of the, that time is actually consumed by the non-flying bits, as you say, just getting the aircraft away from stand to runway airborne and then prep for your arrival. Getting to, it's, it's amazing how much that soaks up in the time. So, yeah, a, sort, a short session like that is... Uh, it really puts you, it does test what you know and what you don't, though, very quickly. Yeah, and to quantify what you've just said there, um, when we were on, well, when I was
1: on long haul and when you're flying, Andrew, uh, it, we arrive at the aircraft about 50 minutes before departure. And that is a busy 50 minutes getting the aircraft set up and ready to go. And uh, on short haul, you know, if we, we're Typically arrive at the aircraft 35 minutes or so before. So a 20, 25 minute setup is going to be a busy session getting ready to go out on that 30 minute flight. So this is a tight two hours with uh, the general handling and a route. But it's very achievable for somebody who's got the got the knowledge to uh, get going and that slight more advanced level.
2: Uh, so for those who sort of got the general handling sorted out, you know, takeoffs and landings, you know, they're working through that and some approaches. If they want to try the first sector, it sounds like that would be better to, you know, try and go for a two hour time slot on that because there is a lot to get through in, in a one hour session. So to have two hours, you're not going to be as rushed with it and you're going to probably learn a lot more, too, because there's a bit more time to explain and so forth.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I think, just to pick up on Elliot's point, I think this is one of the key differences between novice level and an advanced level. I think for a novice level, half an hour, an hour session is great. That's as much as you want an hour, really. I think for an advanced user, uh, from my own point of view, I would never book anything less than two hours, generally with a SIM venue, because an hour is probably a bit too constrained about what you can do. And uh, I think what's interesting over the last couple of years, I think more and more SIM venues are offering two-hour blocks straight off on the website often what you used to see before is they'd offer half an hour an hour blocks and maybe if you contacted them they would do you a price for two hours or longer more and more i see venues offering two hours plus on the websites and i think that's a really good two hours is a really good kind of time that you can do uh, you've got plenty of time as elliot said to do some different things in the first hour and then maybe bring it all together in the second hour and do a short
2: flight uh, nice one alexis thank you i guess we start to wrap up Uh, this riveting conversation for our for our listeners which i do hope they've got some useful tidbits out of it it really does bring us to the last top tips i guess that both of you might have for advanced users uh elliot if we come back to you top tip or anything you particularly want to summarize for just helping people get the most from their sessions
1: Yeah, do a little bit of prep at home. Have a think about what you'd like to do. And don't be afraid of letting the instructor know what you want to do. You're paying good money for this session. And as an instructor, we appreciate it when somebody's shown some thought and uh, knows what they want to do. And we do our absolute utmost to facilitate that.
2: Mm, Nice one. Alexis?
0: I think one of the most important things is think about things that you can do in a sim that you can't do at home. I mean, we expect that people who are fairly advanced probably have access to uh, flight simulation at home, either on the PC or on on their tablet. Uh, Think about things you can do in that sim session that you can't really do at home. So flying with somebody else, so doing the kind of pilot flying, pilot monitoring roles, either with an instructor or perhaps go, you know, if you have a friend who's also at your kind of level, both of you go there and do the sim session together with the instructor in the back. Think about things that you'd like to do as well in terms of ideas and challenges or, or that you want to do there's plenty of suggestions in the article on our site so there's plenty you can pick out from there to give you some ideas about what you might enjoy in your session
2: a nice one i guess if i had last two pennies because i am still sitting in the left hand seat so before the skipper gets back from his break it would be don't undervalue the uh of, of bringing someone along with you if you've got someone you know who's a bit of a simmer, or a uh, you know, friend or, or family member particularly as you mentioned similar level you can learn so much by both of you being being in those seats and the second one would be uh, you know if price correctly following through a tight rating tight course providing stru- structure to your learning uh, I think is a, a huge benefit even if the costs are a bit much there I think it advances your learning and you're flying a lot quicker. Whatever that two pennies is worth. Uh, thanks uh, for the left hand seat time again, Alexis. And thanks to both of you for your comments. I hope people will get something from it. And please visit the website uh, for this one. And anything also from the beginners one might be useful for people as well. So, Alexis, uh, you have control.
0: I have control. Thank you very much, Andrew. I'm glad you're back in the podcast left hand seat this week. So, there you go a chat about how to prepare for a visit to a simulator. Uh, with some tips on how to prepare and what to do on the day for an advanced user. Do have a look at the article that accompanies this on our site, SimulatorReview.com. Let us know what you think. What have your experiences been like visiting a simulator? Is there anything else you would like us to cover when it comes to preparing for a visit to a simulator? Also, if you're an instructor at a simulator, have you got any ideas or suggestions about things people could do to prepare if they're an advanced user? do get in touch and let us know. Either leave comments on our site or get in touch with us on social media. In our next episode, it's time again to have a look at another of the Blue Pin featured review simulator venues in our database. And to remind you, these are the ones we've visited in person and done a thorough review on. We'll be having a chat about the venue and our review and letting you know what we thought. So I hope you'll join us again for that in two weeks time. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast on the podcast service of your choice. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify and quite a few others. So whichever one you use, you should be able to find us. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a star rating and review. Any five star reviews will be read out on the podcast and we really appreciate your feedback and support. Until next episode, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. And goodbye from Elliot. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to the Simulator Review Podcast. We would love your feedback, so please do comment and rate us. Please follow, share, like and subscribe on all our social media channels where you can see regular updates on new simulator listings and reviews, as well as our latest articles. Until next time, happy simming.